Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. What a good time today. I'm Bobby Smith. I'm the lead pastor. I see a lot of newer faces, so I get to be, I get to be this guy. And so, it, was that my phone? Earlier during worship, we were singing that um, the same God, and I promise you, on my watch, it came up. Jesus Christ, today, yes, or the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm like, yes, He is. Uh, we've been in a series called Transformed, and we've been looking at all kinds of things from transforming our habits to, you know, uh, forgiveness and worship and family and all that. And today, um, we're going to go a little different direction. And it's something that, in a passage that I've been holding in my back pocket this whole series. Do you ever have one of those passages you just read and you just go, I know, God, you're speaking, you're doing something, something's going to happen. And it's found in Matthew chapter 16, and it simply says this in verse 13, Jesus uh, came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? A lot of us heard this, sto- this story and read this passage. He says, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, some say one of the other prophets. I love this, verse 15, and he says, okay, but who do you say I am? He said this specifically to Peter. Now think about that. What would you say if Jesus pointed you out of a crowd, the disciples were there, other people, and said, okay, so who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And I love this part. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Some versions say the gates of hell will not conquer it. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. That's that line right there. That's that, that in my pocket. Like, what is the church? Because a lots of times we think the church is buildings. We think, like, when I was over in Italy in 2015, I had the opportunity to see these massive churches with tapestries and stained glass windows and gold and cross, and there's the church of this and the church of that. And I thought, is that the church? And you know the answer? No. It's a building where people assembly, but that's not the church. Some people think the church is a place to do a concert where they come to hear two or three good songs and we applaud between them, just like if we were going to go to see Bon Jovi or somebody else. We think it's just an opportunity for us to come and see some really good talent, but I'm going to tell you something, that's not the church. Some, Some feel it's like an activity center where we just drop our kids off on Wednesday nights or Sundays. We get a little coffee and everybody's needs are being taken care of and everything's good in the church. And we'll do a little CR for the people that have hurts, habits, and hangups. And we'll do a Bible study on Tuesday nights. And it's all about the activities. And guess what? That's not the church either. Now, there's some elements of that that are in the church, but that in and of itself is not the church. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We can't even define the church correctly. What what is the church? Well, first of all, I think the church is this. Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer. I think it's 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 a place where we come and gather and we lift up the name of Jesus and we pray just like we did a second ago for one another. 
The Bible literally says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's right there. That's the church. When Jesus' name is being exalted above everything else, that's the church. When people are being healed in Jesus' name, that's the church. You know what else the church is? It's a family. It's a place where people are hurting, they can come. It's a, it's a family that's expecting guests. Did you hear that? That it's not just us, us three or us four and no more. It's as a family, we're expecting everyone uh, to be here. We're expecting the chairs to be filled up. You know what else this is? The church, it's a microcosm of what heaven will look like. I've done this before. Look around. Look around. If you hate this, you're going to hate heaven. If you don't like the diversity of style or the diversity of look or the color, if you don't like the money or the social economic diversity, you're going to hate heaven. It's a family. You know what else it is? It's a team. Now, how many people are going to watch the football game today? There's a football game today. It's called the Super Bowl. You have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles, two amazing teams. This year, out of, I think, 32, I think it is, 32 teams, they rose to the top. They're a team. I was watching and listening to commentaries this week, and they were talking about all the, you know, the, 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 the individuals. They were talking about how Jalen Hurts is this, and how, you know, how, how this quarterback is that, and how Mahomes is this. And, and they said, Here, here's, here's what wins Super Bowls. The team that comes together the best is the team that wins. You know what the church is? A team, and we're at its best, and we're unstoppable as a team. I I thought about this earlier today. Do you know there's going to be more people in churches today than watch the Super Bowl? There's going to be more people in churches today than have watched every game from every team this year. If we could just get together somehow or another we would be unstoppable. The book of Romans is where we've landed, uh, this transform series. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. It says in Romans chapter 12, we've been looking at this and it talks about this transformed idea, what transformed looks like. It says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to be, uh, to, to, because of all he's done for you, let him, let him be a living sacrifice and holy sacrifice, the kind he will do, acceptable. This is truly the way... We worship him, and this is where we landed. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will uh, learn and know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm gonna read a little bit more than I have been reading. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you a warning. Don't think of yourselves better. I want you to underline, if you have an analog Bible, I want you to underline, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by faith God has given us. Now watch this. Just as the bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We belong to each other. We're a team. We're better together. In his grace, God has given us different gifts doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And if your gift is giving, give generously. Amen. I'm just seeing if you're still with me, okay? If God has given you a leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. 
See, for years, everybody's thought that the church is I, me, mine, but it's actually us and it's we and it's together. And I'm gonna tell you something. We have a great team of people around this church, a great team of people. And instead of me preaching a 35-minute message about team, I want you to hear from some of my friends, the team around here and what they do and why they do it. So why don't you watch this video? So I signed up to volunteer for Night to Shine as like a cheerleader, red carpet encourager for the special guests for prom. And um, I saw what an impact that made on not just them, but me. Um, just, I wasn't doing anything but shaking pom-poms and smiling and cheering. And it just, it really made me want to do more. And I felt like I didn't have like, I'm not, I can't sing on the stage. And I felt like I could do something. And even just holding the door and smiling for someone has made an impact on me and my family. I feel like my kids look at me like I am on stage. When I first decided to do camera crew, I was always interested in technology and loved doing that stuff. And then my friend Preston, he was the one who said, Lucas, do you want to do it with me? And the immediate answer was yes. It did take us a while for us to find a small group. And once we did, then we enjoyed it so much. It was like, okay, how can we, how can we become planted more? How can we serve more? So it was almost like it just kind of built on one another. I actually uh, grew up in California and I was uh, very influenced by skateboarding. So as a skateboarder, I, I really messed around with cameras a lot. And uh, I got pretty good at making videos, took a break for a while. And then this is my way of coming back and using the talent that I acquired to serve the Lord. So I kept hearing about Sherwood. And I think the Lord just has such a wonderful sense of humor because I kept thinking, I'm never going to South Augusta. I, I, I just I just don't think I want that drive. I love the, I love my journey church here. I'll never go down to Sherwood. And I had already been helping in um, the second Saturday clothing closet. And I guess one of the ladies approached me and just said, you know, we're doing all the sorting there. In, in South Augusta, and you don't have to take the garments home anymore and sort through it. We've, we, so I went, and it was a Tuesday in August of 2020, and I just fell in love with it. It's such a blessing to see not only people around me grow, but myself grow um, and as an individual, my spiritual walk. And it's really, really neat to to be a part of the, a small part of God's big plan, because not being plugged in, you don't always get to see those small little, yes, but God situations. And being able to see that is just, is such a blessing. And to have a small part of that is a huge, huge blessing. And it just makes you want to keep doing more and more and more. And I went by the, the map that's by the Coke machine out there that says where we're at in the world. You know, that blows my mind, what I'm a part of out there. And knowing that that dangerous message is getting out there and I've got just a little small part of it or whatever, that's great, you know. I, I would say that uh, you get back so much more than, than you give. Um, it's a wonderful place to be, not only for your faith, uh, your faith journey, but you also have so much fellowship and friendship with the people that come in here. And... Um, 
it just is a great environment uh, to praise God. I have definitely made some great friendships volunteering and serving on different teams, whether it's Second Saturday Mobile Food Pantry is always a lively bunch. And we have a great time um, serving others and just being able to interact and love on people. Um, and through the small group, being a small group leader, I've definitely grown very close to the people in our small group and being able not only to bless those families, but they've blessed us so much more than we've ever been able to bless them. So it's, I'm very grateful. Uh, it makes me feel great when I walk in the door and I'm almost sad to leave, but it, it, it awakens my spirit. It's just been great. And, and I, it's so wonderful to feel like, you know, you're doing exactly what God wanted you to do. Such a part of my routine is starting my week here at church with the babies and then soaking in service and then going about my week. I just had that urge to want to serve and I figured the production team is behind the scenes. I'm a kind of a behind the scenes person. So <laughs> um, I think that that was the best fit for me. So that's why I, I serve because the Lord calls us to. Well, I would define service as um, doing something for other people, uh, specifically in the church, but it's really just um, making other people your priority. I personally am not a front of the house person. I like being more behind the scenes. Um, and so I serve in a way that then will help somebody else also serve. So like the best example that um, kind of from scripture is, you know, Mary, Martha, and then, um, you know, Peter's mother, they all have notes in there that they are serving Christ, that they are serving Jesus. And then that allows Jesus to go and serve others. He can continue his ministry because there's these people in the background that are making sure food is ready, that are making sure that there's a house, that there's a place to do this. That's what I like to do, the serving so that other people then can go and meet those initial needs. You know, God gave us so much. So if we're to be like Jesus, then we need to be able to give. And so God gave me gifts and talents, and it would be wasteful to not give them back to him. What is the best gift you can give someone is time. And you give of yourself. And you think, well, what do I have to offer to this group? What can I give? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> and you'll walk away with a lot more when you've joined a team and you've become a unit and you're giving and you're just gonna be blessed beyond your belief. I can remember doing Second Saturday here and at those particular times we would run out of food. We would run out of giving opportunities and then we had a family that showed up within the time limit but towards the end and we thought we didn't have a basket to give to them and out of nowhere one appeared for him. So it's just things like that that moves. You see God working in these servant opportunities. Shortly after we had started working on Second Saturdays, the boys would always be looking forward to it. Say, when's the next one? When's the next one? Let's have it on the calendar. And we had a work party coming up that we were hosting at home and had a lot of things around the house that we had to get involved in. And Lucas and Carter looked at the calendar and realized it was the same Saturday as Second Saturday. And they said, Dad, I know we've got a lot of work to do to get ready for the party, but 
I really hope, can we still try, can we really just try to still go to second Saturday? And it showed me where our heart and where our focus should be and that it was paying off the time that we were investing as a family together. When they're checking and balancing me, I go, yeah, it is really important. Yes, we will make that time. And we did come that Saturday and still served and, and tried to put others before ourselves. Wow. What it was like being part of industry. Amazing. Amazing. Put it like this. To see and to not just see, but actually have hands on with people as far as um, I'm just right there assisting them every step of the way and making them feel comfortable at the same time, talking to them, you know, just having a normal conversation with them, just, but, you know, making them feel good while they're shopping. I mean, just to see, um, you know, whether it's families, like grandparents or parents, mothers or either or for their kids. I mean, be honest with you, that was beautiful. Emotional crying and and, and, I, and you know I had to cry because this I know the feeling. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know the feeling. There I had to do the same thing that they did. So to me, it's okay. We all have to do things to get by. If you're on the fence about serving at Journey, um, I know that there's a couple different reasons. Um, you know, I know one could be fear of imperfection. Maybe I, I'm not ready. Maybe I'm still in a place of um, you know, where I just don't feel close enough to God. And I would say no one's ever going to be perfect enough when they're serving. And I think that at that moment, um, you know, the best thing to do would just be to pray and ask God, you know, where do you want me right now? Take a leap of faith. Um, you hear that church word passed around a lot, but what it means is stepping out of your comfort zone, finding your place to fit. Don't just serve somewhere just because you feel like you have to. Do it because you want to. I've met a lot of people over the years that say, well, I just don't know. I don't know what my purpose is in life. And well, if you want to find out your purpose, you got to try stuff and you got to do things. You know, people have spent a lot of time taking all these spiritual gifts analysis and, and they're good. They're helpful. But the best way to find your, your place to serve is to just go and do it, just to try it and to see what you're good at and become better at what you're already desiring to do. So I always tell people, just, just do what you'd like to do and see if there's a place to, to do that. You don't have to be suffering every time you yeah. serve. It's, it should be fun for you. And it does fulfill one of the purposes that God has for you in this world. I think sometimes when we want to, we're thinking of volunteering for another thing, and we think, how is this going to fit into my agenda? It's going to be another drain on me, but your cup's going to be filled up. If you think for even a second that you want to hang out with kids, then just do it. Because when I started, it was um, a sacrifice and an act of, if, I, if somebody else is doing this for me so that I can sit in service and they're hanging out with my kid, then I should do the same. And then I got addicted to it, and I loved it. I loved the babies. I would say to someone who is wanting to volunteer or thinking about volunteering is to maybe just start small. Maybe just try a one-day event like the Saturday food pantry or um, an engaged weekend or something. And then once you realize that it gives a texture of meaning and purpose to your life, it'll make you want to do more. But I definitely feel like volunteering makes you feel like your life has a purpose and a meaning. Nehemiah came back from his position as a cupbearer to the king, 
and he helped rebuild the the walls in the city of Jerusalem. And every family had their own part to do in rebuilding that city. All we can do is each do our own part. If it's my goal in life to be more like Jesus, then I have to put myself out there and give myself opportunities to be more like Jesus. And so uh, if I don't get out and serve the people in my community in some way, shape, or form, then my prayer is false. And, and one last thing I would just say that as, as we get older, uh, and we're, we're past 30 now, so you, uh, a lot past. A lot past. <laughs> Uh, the, the biggest thing in my life that I want to do, it's easy to start well, but it's hard to finish well. And, and I just think that that's, that's so important that we finish the race, just like, just like Paul said, I've, I've finished the race, I've run the race to, to serve and to do what God's called me to do. And even Jesus on the cross, he said, it's finished. It's finished. finished. And that's, that's what I want to do with my life. And serving is a big part of that. So... Amen. Let's give it up for all our volunteers. There's so many of them in this room. There's so many over in the other room. There's so many. I, we, we could have spent hours. Honestly, we had three and a half, I think three and a half hours worth of uh, raw footage of just great stuff that people said uh, about why they serve and how they serve. Um, in our time ending, I just want to kind of just, you know, the time we have remained, just kind of give us two big thoughts. And then it's interesting because and the last couple, they talked about just finishing well. And some of us are at that point of we're, we're kind of toward the tail end of our finishing. Uh, some are just starting. And I'm going to encourage you to get, get on board, get, you know, you, some are midstream. Figure out where you fit in. Figure out the areas that God's, you know, the, you know, the things that God's done in your life. And let's, let, let's start moving forward. But here's the first thing as we just peel it back a little bit, just for a couple more minutes, is understand that you are part of a team. That every person in this room has the ability to be part of a team. In that, though, there's kind of a danger. There's a, a warning, and it's we have to understand that the church, in the church, there's no superstars. There's no there's no superstars. Somebody say amen to that. Anybody ever see the Capital One commercial where it's uh, Charles Barkley, and they're getting ready to choose teams up, and they say it's as easy as choosing this, and Charles Barkley is standing head and shoulders above all the little small kids, and they go Barkley, and the other kid goes like, really? Like, you didn't think he was going to, you know, pick. There's one now out with, uh, I think it's Axl Rose, and um, it's uh, Slash from Guns N' Roses, and as he's trying out for a band, you're in! Of course you're in. You're Slash. Y'all remember picking teams when you played pickup baseball or basketball, and the first kid, the tallest, the biggest, the most talented was always the first one. And there's always that kid that's just sitting there like, okay. That's not the way it is in the church, though. There's no superstars in the church. Uh, in the church, there's people with different functions. They do different things. The problem is I've known pastors that think that the church is beneath them, and they are actually the personality of the church, and there's just no room for that. I know youth pastors that have done the same thing. I know teachers that think that their way of teaching the Word of God is the only way to teach the Word of God, and if you don't do it this way, it's not, you know, it's not as valid. I, I know missionaries. I have missionary friends, uh, unfortunately, that think because they have taken this vow to go over to some third world country that they're, they should receive special reward, all that kind of stuff. I know musicians, mu mu Musicians, I've been working with, let me, this team is phenomenal. Somebody say amen to that. Yeah. But I know some musicians and singers and worship leaders that think they're better than everybody else. I remember 
when we first started Journey, we had this guitar player, a young kid came up and he was doing all the moves. He had the stage, you know. He walked up to me, he said, I'd like to be relieved of my duties, Pastor Bobby. I said, of what? He goes, of playing on Sunday mornings. Until we get some roadies up here, I don't want to play anymore. Do y'all know what a roadie is? He basically wanted somebody to set up all his equipment and show up and just play the guitar. That's not the church. That's not what we're here for. That's not what we're about. It's one of those deals where we've got to understand that. Here's another thing. We need to understand that we accomplish more when we do it together. When we're working together. I was reading a study about horses. I don't know a lot about horses. Big animals. One horse can pull 2,500 pounds. That's like, wow. Well, they put two horses together and right, what what would you think? They pull what? 5,000, right? Nope, five times out, 12,500 is what they're able to pull, two horses can pull, because they're exponentially better together. And let me tell you something, the church, when we bring living human beings together, we're exponentially better in the world. We, We can do more. I said it last week. We can serve the community more. We can give more. We can, we, can, we can worship, we can do all the things more because of that. Verse four of the scripture I read in Romans chapter 12 says this, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special place, a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts, but we're one body and we all belong to each other. Somebody say, yes, we all belong to each other. Can, can I throw, there's no small parts. There's no small parts. I watched, 400 volunteers Friday night do some things that I didn't think anybody could ever do. We transformed this building into a prom for our special guests with special needs. It was absolutely out of this world. 130 people were here. We had 400 volunteers. We had 170 VIPs. And you know what I learned this week? There's lots of people like myself. I get to be a front man for a lot of this stuff. But there's a lot more people that are behind the scenes. And do you know that when that night was over at nine o'clock, we had a team of men come in afterwards and stayed here till 1130, making sure we could have church Sunday. There's no small parts in the body of Christ. Hey, there's no small parts in real life. Do you ever stub your pinky toe? This morning, did it. Hey, I did it and didn't say a wordy dirt. I thought it, so I might as well have said it, but I thought it. But you ever bang your little toe and it hurts for days and you walk with a limp and you're walking around? How about this? Did you ever trim your fingernail too short? Right? And it bothers you until that fingernail grows out or you rip that little small piece of cuticle off and you say, oh my God. There's no small parts in life. There's no small parts in the church. And until we figure that out, will never be the church that that Jesus talked about to Peter upon this church, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And here's the thing that I'm learning. Many times people's contribution don't go, they don't receive the, 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 the recognition that they should, but that doesn't mean they're not valid and they're not important. Please somebody say amen to that. Here's the second thing. We'll peer it back. I'm almost done. Five, six minutes. Identify your something plus. I'm gonna explain this because I love the way Uh, William Barclay describes this. He says, a man might toil for a lifetime and never acquire the gift of putting his thoughts on paper in vivid and intelligible way. Another without effort sees his thoughts growing on the sheet of paper in front of him. The second man has the something plus, which is a gift from God. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, everybody down at Sherwood, everybody in our atrium, you have something plus. 
There's that gift of the Holy Spirit that he's put in your life, just as unique as your thumbprint is to yourself. Just as, as when you do the retina display, you know, scanning that for your, for your iPad or whatever, you know, device you use, it's unique to you. Each of us has a unique gift. Verse six says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I love that. For doing certain things well. Ephesians two, you are God's workmanship created to do great works, which he has already prepared before eternity, before uh, the earth was designed. He, 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 he prepared for you. And so if, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith that God has given you. It's a gift. Uh, anybody know what a USP is? And there's a couple different versions, but it stands for unique selling point. That companies, big companies have unique selling points. Apple is to make technology very simple. And that's why they merge all their stuff together. Enterprise car rental. Anybody ever heard of enterprise car rental? They have a USP and their USP is simply this. Uh, the fact that we'll come and pick you up when you rent from us, okay? Anybody, Burger King, USP, you should know this one. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. Y'all ever heard that song? Just us old, old people? Dominoes. We bring cardboard fast. That's their, if you work for Domino's, I'm just, I'm just kidding. We had a couple leave the church because I said that one time. Anyway, see, marketers strive to find out what their USP is. Do you know as the church, we need to strive to find out what our USP is? Because every person in this room has unique spiritual gifts that God wants to use in the kingdom. They're gifts that he hasn't given me that he's only given to you. And when we function together, when we work together, we're that body of Christ fitly joined together. Verse six says it. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith, as much as God has given you. If you have the gift of serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is the gift of encouragement, be encouraging. If it's giving, give it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, which I see in this room, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, show it and do it, do it gladly. Find your place on this team. Can I encourage you? There's lots of people in this room that have the gift of encouragement that need to be using their gift of encouragement. Do it big. I'm looking at this room right now and I know a lot of your faces. I know a lot of what you do. There's leaders in this place. You know what one of the greatest leader, uh, voids in the church is? It's leaders. And I'm not just talking about like leading. I'm talking about just people to rise up that understand what it means to be a business person or a leader in our community. It's time that some of us step up. If you're good at giving, I'm going to say, if you're good, there's people in this room, you have the gift of giving. You have the gift of giving. Not our obligation or what we should do every week, but the gift of giving. God has blessed you, and you know deep down inside, God's calling you to bless others. Gift of giving, give big. A few years ago, I did a message kind of like this, and I walked off the stage. This is when we were doing um, Sunday night services, but and it was a Sunday night. I walked off the stage. And, and I walked down the, down the row and a lady grabbed me and she, she said, you know something? I love, I love your church. I love your church. How many people would say, I love your church? Raise your hands. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I am gonna bait you. Somebody's like, I don't know what I wanna raise my hand. Well, sometimes I'm pretty witty. Sometimes I think pretty good. Sometimes I have no filter. And I just said, you know something? You don't wanna make me happy? If you took the why out of your church, and made it our church. 
that if you just took the why out of that and made it our church, that everything we do is about our church. Yes, I get to do this on Sundays, but guess what? You get to do what you do. I was standing out earlier this morning with one of our campus connections and I stood there and she was just, hey, how you doing? Good morning, everybody. And she said to me this, and I don't want to embarrass her. She said to me this, she goes, I try to find something good every week in everybody. You're beautiful, you're this, you're that. But I can tell you that's not me. I, I don't have like, I don't go like, you're amazing. Your hair looks so great today. But she does, she has that gift. And you know what the church needs? That gift. And at some point, she took the why out of your church and she made it our church. What would happen if we did that? Every one of us in this room took the why out of your church and made it our church. We found our, our unique selling point. We found that something else, that something more and we used it for the, for the kingdom. We used it for God's glory. So hopefully today something spurred you. As we talk about Transform Church, I would like to transform this church into a team of people that does something special to make Jesus' name famous in the world we live in. Somebody say amen to that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now in this moment, God, in order to be on this team, we have to know who you are. And so I pray that God, the people in this room that don't know who you are somehow or another would be inspired to know you a little bit more, that would want to have a conversation about who you are. As we watched over the last couple of weeks, we've watched life change happen over and over again, and we pray that it would continue to happen, God. But today we pray, not as a self-serving concept of getting more people to serve, but as a, as a, I heard it on that video, God, we get more out of it when we serve than the people we're serving. We get out of it. God, so would you give us that opportunity to serve your church, your community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.